Welcome to Mindfully Healing, a mental health podcast. I'm your host, Micheline Malouf, a trauma-informed and trained therapist. And I'm Nadia Desi, a registered social worker and psychotherapist. We are here to guide you through the connection between your mind and body to help you develop a deeper understanding of yourself. Join us on each episode as we navigate each topic by posing questions to our mind and then having deep conversations with each other, ourselves, and special guests to help us come full circle and answer each question. This season, we discuss trauma, trauma responses, attachment, and relationships. In each episode, we provide you with resources and tools to begin to heal your inner child, set boundaries, and help you along your journey of healing. Dear Mind, why do I have so many triggers? Welcome back to Dear Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Desi. And I'm Micheline Malouf. And today we are talking about the trigger warning. We're going to talk about what triggers are, how you can manage them, and why does it seem like so many things have been triggering these days? I feel like so many times we kind of throw around the word triggered. Yes, we do. And not until a couple of years ago, like I didn't even know what the definition was. Like what actually is a trigger and when do they happen and why do they happen? Mm-hmm. So what is a trigger? Like, how would you define it? I would define it as something that is something that took place that caused us to have an emotional reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So something that causes you to have a negative, like a negative feeling in your body it makes you feel uncomfortable and mm-hmm. maybe uh, taken back to a place that was really hurtful for you? There are a variety of different triggers, but I would say a lot of the time people get triggered based on something that happened to them in the past that reminded them of that thing and causes them to feel like they are maybe re-experiencing, remembering, or reliving the same thing and making them feel unsafe. So triggers can take you either to like a physical feeling. We we talked about emotional flashbacks in one of our previous episodes, but we're going to definitely cover it in more depth today. You see something, maybe you've been through that something and uh, you haven't totally healed from it and it like has this intense emotional reaction or they could be uh, visual kind of like, you know, the more traditional uh, understanding of what uh, flashbacks are where you are transported maybe physically and visually. So you start to relive it in your eyes as well, not just in your bodies. Yeah, that's a great um, definition because I know so many people, at least in therapy, will be explaining an emotional flashback and be like, what is this? Why am I experiencing this? It doesn't make sense. So just the psychoeducation around it can be extremely helpful. When we were making notes for this episode, we categorized triggers into predictable and unpredictable, which isn't really a thing, but it was just helpful because a lot of the time we can predict and before we go into a situation that might trigger us. And sometimes it's unavoidable. So we have to go and we know we might be triggered. And other times something just happens that causes us to feel triggered. And I think a variety of things can follow or be in each category. That's a good point. I never thought of thought of it that way until you actually broke these up this way because I'm like oh yeah that's right like if I were to go see a person that I know has hurt me in the past then maybe that would be considered a predictable trigger Mm -hmm. whereas like 
maybe in some instances, like a word is said that reminds us of something we didn't even know it would, it would happen. It would be like unpredictable, like something just happened out of nowhere almost. Is that what you mean? You meant by like predictable triggers, you know, you are going to a party and this person is going to be there and you're triggered by this person. Unpredictable. You are in a conversation and someone says that person's name. I think I've experienced both. Have you experienced both? Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like with the predictable triggers, it it, obviously it's easier to prep for, but like, it's almost impossible to prep for unpredictable triggers. Would you say that like a random flashback or a nightmare is an unpredictable trigger? I don't know. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes, like why you might respond in a certain way. Right. And I think sometimes we don't always need to know why. No. Yeah. Something can cause an emotional reaction in you without it being triggering. There's so much on social media now that can be considered quote unquote triggering content. And I know I see comments all the time, like you should have added a trigger warning on this. Um, But sometimes it's, it's not necessarily like it's the understanding of what triggers are and like what they cause that I think is not understood very well. I think it comes down to the question, who is responsible for our triggers, us or other people? Us. Us. Hmm. Uh, Okay. So obviously 2021 trigger warnings are everywhere. What do you think about them? I don't have a problem with trigger warnings. I put them on most of my videos when I, I must admit, I have forgotten a couple of times and I have taken down videos and reposted them for that reason, because I, I do want people to feel safe. At the same time, I think we should be educating people on how to manage that intense emotional response when it's when they're scrolling social media or when they're watching something because the avoidance of these things. So like if you're constantly bypassing every single thing that might cause an emotional reaction in you, you're kind of creating more of that internally because it's kind of like exposure therapy for, for things like are we avoiding an intense emotion within ourselves that we could actually surpass and like go through and you going through that emotion and then like being able to surpass that emotion, you're probably going to heal more than if you avoid the trigger altogether. So I have mixed feelings with the algorithms on Instagram and TikTok. It's not like you know who you follow and you know what you're getting, especially on TikTok. You're scrolling, especially if you're scrolling on the For You page and things are coming out of everywhere. I've seen some horrible things on there that have been extremely triggering, but I think your perspective is 100% right. But for somebody maybe who's younger or somebody who's really struggling right now and their focus isn't on healing, their focus is on just staying safe, seeing these videos and being triggered by them without a trigger warning is actually going to be more harmful because not everybody's in the healing process of like, I want to stop avoiding. I want to feel my emotions. I want to understand what's happening. I think people, younger people, older people, regardless if you're in this difficult situation and that's just one more thing that you can't handle. Yeah. That's such a good point. I, I, I like, honestly, wasn't even thinking about that. Like, in terms because of we're coming pre- from such like a therapeutic perspective of yeah. everybody ready to heal or let's start healing. But I don't know, sometimes not healing is keeping people safe. You're right. No, you're right. Like you just open up. I'm like thinking like, oh my gosh, like you should see my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dreaming into the clouds because I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like maybe, you know, being a therapist on social media, it's like we're coming from the lens of people are, are, are healing. You know, if they follow us, they're healing, but you're right. Algorithms, 
don't always just show your content to people who want to sell peel. It might show up on someone's page who's not ready for it. So you have changed my mind 100%. Like, well, it's like OCD, right? You have somebody come in and they're willing, but it's still really difficult. So you start the exposure therapy. You start really slow. You don't just go for it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be putting trigger warnings on more things. I don't do it enough because I forget. And then I, I get a lot of hate in the comments and that's why it opened my eyes of, yeah. Okay. Some people don't want to see this stuff. And you know, at the very beginning, I'll say catchy things to grab attention and people kind of feel trapped in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. a little bit at, not at fault, but I should have put a warning or at least disclosed what I was talking about in the caption what kind of content would then be something like we talk about anxiety all the time, but you don't see people really putting warnings about anxiety, but like something crosses over into like a line and where's the line of like, no, this merits a trigger warning now. That's a good question because I feel like an answer here can be really invalidating to Mm. the people's unique experiences because who am I to say anxiety doesn't deserve a trigger warning, but talking about trauma does because a lot of time people are experiencing anxiety based on a past trauma and it's triggered. I mean, you and I both struggle with anxiety. That that anxiety for me, which we'll talk about in um, one of our episodes is death. The topic of death is very triggering for me. You don't see much in terms of trigger warnings online about like grief and loss. And obviously like with the news and stuff, like we're hearing about it all day, every day. And so if I were to say I need a trigger warning for this, I guarantee I have people invalidating that. Like, you know, people would say, well, toughen up, you know, or, or whatever, but it's very known that, okay, if we're talking about suicide, if we're talking about self-harm, if we're talking about any sort of like intense abuse, then we are putting a trigger warning. So we're kind of in our society already invalidating. And it was like, it's reminding me of our first episode where we talked about ACEs and we talked about what is trauma really. And so in that case, it's like, how can we do it so that people know what the video or topic on social media is going to be about right off the bat? And so they can make that choice. It's really hard to come up with an answer here. I mean, I think Instagram does a good job now, not Instagram, TikTok does a good job now with having the ability to put a title or like a a little sticker if someone's going onto your profile, but still as they're scrolling, they're not going to see that sticker. I, I think for like, extremely traumatic things, trigger warnings have to be there, right? Like we're talking about sexual assault, physical assault, abuse, verbal abuse. Like I'll see videos on TikTok where verbal abuse is taking place and trigger warnings are there, which I think is progress from the past, obviously not extremely where we need to be, but that's important. So let's just assume everything on social media might trigger us. And that's, I guess, a really important point because we don't know what's coming our way. So and one end, content creators need to be sensitive and do the right thing by posting trigger warnings. But on the other end, we as consumers of this content need to go on with the understanding that we might also be triggered. And I guess that's what we need to do in this, in this episode is what we're going to talk about is like, how do we handle these like things when they come up? So let's talk about like, you, you, you talked about predictable triggers. What can we name some, like what could they be? seeing people that are triggering to us based on maybe something that happened in the past or people that are related to someone that happened in the past, whether they're friends, family, um, areas where the trauma that we experienced took place. Uh, something that actually hurt us in the past, like very 
obvious out right. there. Certain smells, certain sounds, certain even like visuals sometimes, you know, if you have, if you're walking through the mall and you see a shirt and somebody wore that shirt, that can be a trigger too. I don't know if that would be a predictable one, actually, that wouldn't be predictable, but certain smells, if you know somebody wears a perfume or a cologne or shampoo conditioner and you them, um, certain songs, certain TV shows, holidays. This is where it gets tricky and complicated. You all of a sudden you're triggered. All of a sudden you're spiraling and you're not sure why, what could have caused that? You mean like if you're triggered without an explanation? Yeah. Like unpredictable triggers is, is what you mentioned, right? Like what could cause, what could be considered an unpredictable trigger? Yeah. Um, being in a conversation with someone and something being brought up that you weren't expecting. Tone of Ooh. voice. Yeah. That reminds you of like the past. That can be triggering for sure being in in a situation that you weren't expecting maybe you were going somewhere and this person shows up that looks like a specific person that hurt you in the past but they didn't do anything wrong but you weren't expecting that to happen and for some reason every time you look at this person it's like this body sensation like you're just sinking internally yeah so what can you feel like when we're triggered you can be on the spectrum too. Like you could have just like a uh, like gut ouch, like this feels icky. Like I need to ignore it, move past it. Or it, you could go all the way down into like what we talked about earlier, emotional or, or visual flashback, or maybe both um, to where you are literally transported back in your mind to that time period. And there's nothing wrong with whatever response that you have. Like there's so many reasons why somebody may have an intense trigger versus somebody else may not have as an intensive a trigger again resilience factors what you've right. been through what resources you had growing up um, what systems you have do you have support I think that's huge too and at least for myself if I'm alone I feel like I get way more triggered and if I just have the comfort of someone else there I feel way better yeah, regardless yeah. of what it is actually yeah yeah for sure so what do you think about boundaries and triggers do you think it is acceptable and appropriate to tell somebody like hey these things trigger me can you not do them yes yeah yes 100 percent. i think it's harder for the person to ask for that than it would be for the person who needs to respect the boundary it's hard to ask for that because you have to be in a place where one you recognize your triggers which let's be honest many of us yeah. don't know that's hard it's like I all what I get as a therapist, clients coming in, or even people on social media. I don't know why all of a sudden I flash back. I don't know what, like it just happens. Well, what happened before? And we have to go through exploration to figure out yeah. what was the trigger. So I think a lot of people already don't know what the trigger is, but then to be able to understand that and like then ask takes a lot, don't you think? It takes a lot. Yeah, a lot of self awareness for sure. Yeah, and, and confidence being able to ask somebody of like, Hey, this is really triggering to me. Can you not talk about it? Can you not bring it up? I mean, the act of setting a boundary alone can be triggering besides whatever triggered you in the first place on top of it. Yeah. I mean, I've been there before though. I think there've been situations where have been like, they have been extremely stressful to me. And I've said to my family or to my partner, like, please don't talk about this around me anymore, at least for a little bit. Yeah. And do they respect it? Yeah. Have you had somebody not respect that type of thing with you? No, you really shouldn't disrespect that. If someone's asking and fully telling you that it triggers them, have you had somebody disrespect it? Yeah. And 
this is what I struggle with. A lot of my triggers, like I said, like death and stuff, people don't realize they're like, yeah, everybody's scared of death. So they don't realize how intensely I feel it. I'll give, I'll give you an example. Um, so I was walking with my husband and I tripped and like, I'm a, I'm clumsy. Like I trip all over the place and everything. And I was like, man, I'm totally going to be one of those old ladies that like falls and breaks her hip because like, I just like trip all, all the time. And he goes, he goes, um, I, I'm not going to be around to see that. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I'm going to die young. Oh, and I'm like, what? I already like wanted to cry in that moment. Like it was just like, boom. And, and I got really sad and I was like, why did you say that? He's like, I'm joking. Oh no, he didn't say I'm joking yet. He, he kept going. He's like, yeah, cause I'm just, I just know, I just know, I just know. I'm like, baby, you know how big of a trigger this is for me, please. Like, are you being serious? Like, is there something we need to look into? Like, I just like spiraled, started crying. And like, he was just like, you should know that I'm just joking. And I'm like, no, this is the thing. This is where it's like, like, you don't understand how bad this is. Yeah. Like I'm working on it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not working on it. I'm not like, you can never talk about death again, but like, but like, you can't do it in that way. And so, yes, I have been disrespected by someone very close to me um, in that sense. And I know he didn't mean it and he apologized, but at the same time, I feel like people forget because it's so like, uh, like it's so foreign to them. Like they don't understand. Right. It's like people who don't experience anxiety or social anxiety or death anxiety, health anxiety, and not really understanding the other people. And I have clients like that whose partners just don't understand it because they've never experienced it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so setting the boundary feels, you feel like already like you're not good enough because you have to set the bound. Like you feel, you feel small. You feel small. And, yeah. 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 So yeah, I have, and, and I, I wish I hadn't because it sucks, but, um, but yeah. All limits. Like your husband cannot talk about death at all, or, you know, sometimes things come up and it's not necessarily always his responsibility you to not joke about it. Okay. If, if things come up, like you're worried you, you know, like we're being serious here and we're going to go to the doctor to look something like there's a different, yes, I will feel anxiety, but I can. I can like handle that, but you cannot joke about my triggers. Just don't do it. Like hold yourself back. It might be funny to you because you think it's not a big deal, but to that person, you don't know, like you don't know what's going on in their body, in their mind. So like, just respect it. Happens if they spiral, if they're out of it, this dissociate. Yeah. That's such a good point. And it's not your, it's, it's not someone else's job to decide for you when you, your triggers should not be triggers anymore. So like, it's not the friend or family member to be like, well, you need to get over that already. It's been years. Why does it still bother you? It's not, it's not their choice. It's some, it's many times, not even your choice. It's a process that you have to go through to work through. So it's like really even more invalidating to have someone say, well, you should be over it by now. Yeah. Just so for anyone listening, if you were on the other side of things, like not somebody who is triggered and somebody who is setting the boundaries, but you're on the other side and someone's doing that with you, please be gentle with that person. They're doing it for a reason and you're important to them. And that's why they're telling you. That's such a good point. Talking about what's happening in our bodies, like when you're triggered, it's not like the person wants to be there. Like, you know, we're going into a fight, flight, freeze response. Our yeah. body is 
being a threat, whether it's real or not, we don't know the difference. So we're getting prepared to fight, run away, or just freeze up. Yeah. An emotional flashback or a visual flashback. It's like you have something triggers you, your nervous system, not your brain, not your, not your logical part. Like your nervous system perceives a threat. It Mm -hmm. shuts off your, the logical part of your brain because that threat perceived goes right into, I need to stay alive. And so when you tell someone you shouldn't feel that way, well, they probably know that they don't need to be feeling that way. They can't do anything about it because it's not their brain. It's their, their nervous system is like, yeah, no, this is threatening. You obviously have triggers. I have triggers. Everyone has triggers. What do you do to help yourself? It depends. So exposure to the triggers is actually really important done in like a controlled environment. So I kind of do that with myself. Um, I have an inclination oftentimes to like, if I see a movie and I already know it's going into like, somebody's going to get sick in the movie and die. I have a tendency to say, nope, not watching it. Let's take it off. I will, despite my discomfort and my nausea that I get with this and like where my thoughts go, I sit through it and I have to keep reminding myself, this is a movie, this is a movie, this is a movie. So that self-talk and saying I can get through this, like self-compassion is like really big um, for me. What about you? Yeah, I think that's me too. But I think the step before that, which you mentioned before, was trying to identify your triggers and pay attention to patterns. And I think the biggest thing with that is like keeping a journal if you can, or even voice noting or voice memoing what triggered you that day and trying to identify, okay, clearly every day at nine o'clock when I turn the TV on and I see this news anchor or whatever it is, I get triggered. So what is that? Why is that causing that to happen? Or every time I drive by this street, I feel triggered and the rest of the day is ruined for me. So just trying to pay attention to where these patterns are and why they're happening. And that'll help you identify like which triggers you need to expose yourself to and which ones you're ready to. What do you do? Like, what do you do um, when you're triggered? Avoidance, no. Um, maybe sometimes <laughs> avoidance, depending on the thing, but definitely exposure. Like, definitely trying to push myself when I feel safe to things that I know will trigger me. Um, a big thing is public speaking. Public speaking is a trigger to me, and I it probably goes back to, like, elementary school when we would, I don't know, in the States, if you guys had, like, speeches. Mm-hmm. And then the winner goes on the stage, and then it goes to, like, oh, different yeah. schools. National and then glow like it, it just keeps going uh-huh. oh my anyway. god <laughs> yeah it was horrifying and one time on stage I was there and just completely blew it like I made it and then had to do yeah so that's probably where it comes from so just exposing myself to that slowly like we are in this space now so public speaking and being in front of people is something that we've been doing and at the beginning I would hate it I would like avoid it. I would say no. I would say no to things. Or I remember texting you once being like, I can't do this. Do you want to do it? Oh, or like yeah. this time, do you want it? Like instead of actually pushing myself to do these things, but slowly over time showing myself like you're safe, you can do this and taking on bigger and bigger things. So that's been really helpful for me because that was really triggering in the past and something I hated. But sometimes exposure is really hard. It's not going to feel good, right? Like I can imagine like you've been on live TV a couple of times. I can imagine that was very triggering for you. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like if you're exposing yourself or you're working with a therapist to expose to certain triggers, if it's too hard, don't put your, push yourself, step back and do something smaller. Like yeah. no, not a race. Nobody needs to win this. You can do it as you feel comfortable. The last thing you want to do is to trigger yourself even more and then spiral. And then who knows what comes after that? Because I've been in that situation where I've pushed myself 
into doing something just to expose myself. And the rest of the week was a write-off. Like I'm staying home. I'm not doing anything. This is all too much. So just making sure you feel safe and comfortable and ready at your own pace. Baby steps. There's no step too small. Like it does not matter. You're going to have to take your time and self-compassion, love your brain. Again, your brain is trying to protect you and keep you alive. And it's triggered because it's like, Hey, I remember last time we saw this, it did not go well for us. So let's talk about some tips that we can give our listeners who feel triggered and don't know what to do when that happens. Yeah. Great idea. Um, You mentioned one very important one just now, which was jot things down when you feel triggered and see what came before um, or, and how those things are making you feel. So you can see if you can find some patterns, that's like step one for anything, just so you know, what's triggering you. Right. Right. And then step two, I don't know if step two would be exposures right away. No, I would say like regulating your nervous system, like doing some things to ground yourself, um, and self-talk naturally. Yeah. Like once you, once you're really good at grounding yourself, then maybe we can move into exposing, but I think like, yeah, yeah, self-talk, nervous system regulation, grounding skills, talk to have somebody there, like a, a friend to help you through or uh, five, four, three, two, one, um, shaking. We talked about all of that. Um, right. We don't want to send you off to do exposures when you don't know how to yeah. regulate your nervous system and talk to yourself in the moment because that's not helpful. So the self-talk that Micheline was talking about before of like, everything's okay here. I can get through this. I'm fine. Just those reminders that you are safe and everything is okay. And then as you're exposing yourself and reminding yourself, that's going to build up your tolerance to deal with these situations better because it's just showing you that they are safe and nothing is going to happen. And and you talked about tolerance, increase your tolerance. That's a really good point because whenever you do any sort of like work on your triggers, your triggers probably not going to be eliminated. And that's really important to know. It's your tolerance that's going to increase so that your nervous system doesn't dysregulate as quickly or for as long. So in other words, you're just going to be able to handle it in the moment better. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned earlier safety planning, like how, how would you describe like, I think this was a conversation we had off camera actually, but yeah. um, what is, what would a safety plan for a trigger look like? So I know we talked about this in the past, but if you are a student and you know, going to school, you get really triggered um, in certain subjects or when something happens, having a plan of when that happens, what you will do. So does that mean you're going to leave the classroom and walk around? Are you going to go to the bathroom and throw some water on your face? Are you going to ask a friend after at uh, lunch or at recess or at any time to just like sit with you and help with you with the co-regulation, just listing things that you know that help you when you get triggered. That way, when the trigger happens, you can pull up that list quickly because in that moment, you are not going to remember that list or you are not going to have a mental list in your head of things that you can do because it's so overwhelming. But if you have it in front of you, it is so helpful. Ooh. And that just got me to think of a safety, um, not a safety box, a sensory box, a sensory um, trigger box. What do they call them? There's a word for them. Tool, tool box. Yeah. Self-soothing box or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) There's a word for it and I'm blanking out right now, but yeah, like you can have a pouch uh, or like a little backpack or a little box. I mean, boxes are harder to carry around with you, but like a little, like make a pouch or something and put in there things like um, for the five, four, three, two, one techniques. So like five things that are really visually 
pleasing to you that you can pull out and look at, uh, four things you can touch with different textures, um, three things like maybe like some scents, you know, candy. Yeah. And fidget, uh, fidget toys, um, Play-Doh, all kinds of stuff. So like have that with you as part of your safety plan. So like when you're like hyper aroused, like your body's like going into fight or flight, you can take those things out and yes, they serve as a distraction, but they also serve to regulate your nervous system because you're taking it out of fight or flight when you're starting to use these things. Yeah. Sometimes distractions are okay. We're not completely against those, especially when things are really hard. Distractions is often step one, honestly. Like it's like I gotta distract myself, then I can regulate, you know, it's fine. It's not like right. Yeah. We're always going back to what you feel safest and what you feel most comfortable doing. So if you feel like you are in a constant state of like trauma or stress and a distraction is where you need to go, that is an okay coping strategy for right now. That is what's getting you through. Another really good tip. And something that I personally use that I really like, but just a disclaimer here, this is not extremely evidence-based, but it's becoming more mainstream and a lot of people are resonating with it. It is called EFT and it is a technique or a strategy where you tap certain acupressure points in your body while reciting some self-compassion affirmations as a way to calm yourself down. And these things that you are tapping are sending a message to your body and to your nervous system um, to calm you down. Okay, so thank you so much once again for being here and supporting us. We hope that you found this episode insight- as insightful as we did. We learned a lot, I feel, in this episode. So we're curious about your thoughts, though. I think this is a really important conversation. So um, let us know. Maybe, you know, take a quick screenshot of this episode, share it on social media, and leave a, like a, a caption or something something so that we know or tag us uh, so that we know what your thoughts are on trigger warnings and what kind of trigger warnings would you like to see so that we can be aware of it as well. Um, We would love to, to be supportive in that way. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family and remember to leave us a review. We love reading your comments. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to along with your thoughts and share it to your story and tag us so we can reshare it to our story. And be sure to follow us on social media at mind.fully.healing on Instagram, at mindfullyhealing on YouTube, and on TikTok at mindfully.healing. Until next time.